We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm your host, Joe Pizapia. It's Friday. It's June 2nd. Can you believe it's June already? We're playing DFS here, and my co-host today is none other than Rotowire's John McKechnie. Johnny boy, what's happening, baby? Oh, man, not, not a whole lot. H- having a good morning over here. Woke up, had, had my bowl of Kashi cereal, so like my brain is completely ready to roll feeling good here so how about yourself look at you all healthy with your kashi cereal and your oh, I, yeah. I had a I chocolate have. chip muffin and a cigarette no i'm just kidding I, <laughs> maybe i did too <laughs> oh, that'd be great no I, I did have the muffin but no cigarettes i don't smoke so i was half lying half telling the truth uh we're back again here on friday trying to win you guys some money get you guys the information you need to know uh last friday was a pretty good friday i think I think we did pretty well over there, so we got to uh, keep the streak alive. Let's start with the pitchers. We've got Clayton Kershaw top of the board here, twelve thousand four hundred. Uh, an expensive Clayton Kershaw, we know that. A Clayton Kershaw coming off of a a bad game last week, probably his worst of the season. Any hesitancy whatsoever here with Clayton Kershaw, or is it just hey, forget it, it's over, it's a blip on the radar? Now let's get back on track. Uh, I mean, I don't have any doubt that that he's gonna you know turn in you know, upper 40s to 50s uh, in terms of points tonight. It's just like 12,400 is really cost prohibitive. Uh, when you look at all the other ace pitchers that we have available on the slate tonight, and he's also going on the road to, to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee uh, has, has been pretty good against lefties uh, in general this season. I know Kershaw just doesn't really fall into a category of your standard left-handed pitcher. But uh, at the same time, I mean, that, that is a pretty solid offense there. Um, so I think that there are other top flight pitchers with, with better matchups. I know some of them are matched up against other top flight pitchers. So that's something that we're going to have to kind of uh, parse out throughout this section. But um, I'm probably uh, I'm going to have a hard time finding a way to fit Kershaw in. 
All right, well, let's parse. Let's start with Keiko and Darvish right here. Now, Keiko's been terrific this year. Darvish certainly has had some moments. Uh, and you're looking at the pricing, 9900 for U Darvish, over 10K for Dallas Keiko. I personally am more comfortable with the extra 400 for Keiko with the way he's pitched and with the Texas lineup. I think there's a fair amount of strikeouts in there. That Houston lineup, I feel like, has enough thunder in it, a little bit more pop recently where I feel better about them. Do you agree with that, or are you more on the Darvish side and saving a 400? No, I'm completely on board with you there. Keuchel, uh, I think he has the better matchup here. That that Rangers offense really does tend to struggle against lefties. They're, they're I believe, in the bottom five uh, overall against lefties in terms of weighted on base, whereas uh, the Astros, uh, I think they're atop just the season-long weighted on base as a team, and they're they're absolutely on fire uh, right now. You know, just dr- absolutely drubbing fools. So, I mean, I, I just think that that Keuchel is a much safer bet. I think that four hundred dollars uh, is easier to find uh, elsewhere in the in your lineup there. So, I, I'm going Keuchel over Darvish for sure. Now, the man between Keuchel and Kershaw is 11,200. Steven Strasburg on the road in the American League ballpark, but it's a favorable one in Oakland. Over his last 14 innings, 26 strikeouts, just two walks and eight hits. Steven Strasburg right now is locked in. He's got three straight wins, four out of his last five starts. He's come away with the W. Uh, Right now, and I tempt you, can I tempt you to go up a little bit higher and go to Oakland with the way they've been playing over Keiko. Is he worth that extra nine hundred dollars? He might be. I mean, he. I would imagine he's he's you know pretty much as big of a lock for double digit strikeouts as any of these uh, top flight pitchers tonight. Uh, you know, going out to Oakland. Uh, but geez, it, like that nine hundred dollars. Uh, that that's a bit tougher to swallow than than like the four hundred. You, you need to go up from Darvish to Keiko. So, I mean. This is just one of those cases where I'm going to stick with Keuchel, but I mean Strasburg. Uh, I'm not. I can't blame anyone for for going to him. I, I think he's probably my second favorite pitcher on the board as far as um, profitability here. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to agree with you there. I, I think the 900 is a lot. If it was a 500 or less difference, mm-hmm. it's a no brainer. I think 900 is a fair amount where you can really filter that around the offense. Um, but you know, if you're just playing strict cash game and you're really, you know, you want to fade Kershaw from the top. I think you'll still have a lot of Kershaw ownership in those cash games, especially off the down game. People might see mm-hmm. that as an opportunity there where people might be a little afraid of something wrong, what's going on so far, <laughs> no issues with Kershaw that we know of. Therefore, I think Strasburg is probably a really strong 50-50 play today if you want to get in there on the cash games and on the double-ups and stuff like that. All right, let's get a little bit lower down on the board, a little down and dirty here. you got Michael Fulmer against the White Sox. 9,600. Now, the White Sox might be good against lefties, but not as much against right-handed pitching. What's your case for Fulmer today against Derek Holland? Do you have one? Uh, before, we, before we get started here, is this like the 40th time that they've played this season? It feels like it. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, think it's, it's the 42nd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit off there. God, they are just... They're always playing each other. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I it, like you were saying, uh, the White Sox do tend to, to mash lefties, have a little bit more uh, trouble against right-handers. So I think Fulmer's a solid play. And uh, the White Sox, I think in general, are a lineup, at least among AL teams that, that I pick on, uh, certainly more than others. Um, there, there are other, other, pitch, other pitchers, pitchers that I like a little bit more in terms of uh, like profit potential uh, than Fulmer. But I think Fulmer's, Fulmer's definitely a solid play. He's, go, he's going against, uh, you know, one of the better uh, White Sox pitchers uh, this season, uh, Derek Holland. Um, I don't – the Tigers, 
they haven't been give, giving like the run support uh, that you'd like to see or to expect to see, you know, wh- when you look at the names on that, on that lineup card. But uh, I think F- Fulmer's like a fine play. I'm just like not over the moon about it. Yeah, I, I kind of with you there. Well, let's talk about Rick Porcello at 89. He's going against Alec Asher. I think that's where you, you know, you want to target That's Asher. run support. Yeah. yeah, I think there's run support there. And, you know, looking at the way Porcello's pitched, I know, you know, maybe he hasn't been quite uh, what he was last year, which I think was an anomaly. Uh, the big problem for me with Porcello right now is the hits. He's given up 22 hits in his last 12 innings. And even before that, nine hits in the six innings, nine hits in the six innings before that. So Rick Porcello in his career had been a much more hittable pitcher. Now it seems like that's happening again. Right. And I'm concerned a little bit with that hittability factor right now in a ballpark like Baltimore with an offense that, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the talent is there. Maybe they haven't put it all together all the time, but there's no slouch in terms of uh, lineup guys in terms of uh, what you have over there in Baltimore. So I think Porcello at 89 is actually scaring me off a little bit tonight. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, and that's not just the Orioles fan of me talking. I, I this is just I I don't really trust Porcello right now. He's not at that Cy Young level that he was a year ago, and I, I think that uh, you know last night the Orioles were able to hit four home runs off of uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, who I like better uh, this season than, than Porcello. Uh, so I think that Porcello, it's just tough to use a pitcher uh, in Baltimore. You know, this time of year, it's starting to heat up. Uh, the ball is starting to fly out there a little bit more. So, I, you know, I think that, again, uh, if you move down the board a little bit, I think that there, there are other pitchers that I would, that I would take over Porcello for, for really close to 9,000. Now, as you continue to go down the board, you got another guy, 8,700, also very hittable lately. 20 hits over his last nine and two-thirds innings, Garrett Cole. Uh, I mean, the Mets are not the 27 Yankees, but at the same time, I don't think that's another route where I feel comfortable with him at all in any sort of tournament play. The ownership will be low, and I think with good reason. Matt Harvey on the other end of that, another one where you're looking at a lot of inefficiency with Harvey. The walks still have been eh, not great, better as last time out against Pittsburgh, but that's always a concern too. Although he was good against Pittsburgh last time out, Sometimes when you go to that double dip that second time around, mm-hmm. that can be a problem too. So GPP plays are really tough today in terms of pitchers. Who do you have your eye on that you think can actually be a return on investment in the tournament world? I know that uh, you know this team has started to turn things around at the dish. Um, you know, really over the last two or three weeks, or maybe even the last month. But uh, you know, I still kind of have my eye on Michael Pineda uh, going against the Blue Jays. I know it's on the road and whatnot, but he's been, you know, just remarkably consistent, you know, nothing under 30 points, uh, since, since like late April. Um, he's, he's always a guy that you can count on for, for a pretty good strikeout total. Uh, he's just a tough pitcher and I I think he's going to go deep into the game. And I think, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, the Yankees have uh, Liriano coming back from the DL, I believe. So, uh, you know, you like, you like the chances of that Yankees lineup, uh, really backing up, uh, Pineda there. So I think that Pineda, uh, makes a lot of sense as far as your GPPs. I think he's a little bit safer than you might think, uh, despite going on the road in an AL East matchup. Now, speaking of that AL East matchup, he's got Francisco Liriano returning from the DL there. Uh, look, I'm looking at this whole slate, and it's screaming cash game to me. And if you're playing tournaments, I think I'm willing to pay up for a big pitcher in the tournament tonight because there's so little floor with the you know, this bottom of this slate is just awful. You got Arroyo, you oh, got yeah. Bergman, you got Asher, you got all these guys in here. You got Liriano coming back off the DL. You got Corbin coming off of his worst start of the year. 
it's just a, a rough go here. One more guy I want to just bring up, though, is 7,900. I know Ty Block is not exactly, you know, writing any <laughs> Cy Young <laughs> stories, but I will say this. He's gone seven innings in his last four. The strikeout rate isn't extraordinarily high, but I feel like if I'm going to go down to the board today for a GPP pitcher, I feel like Ty Block against the Phillies is the way I want to go with the way that Phillies lineup has struggled. Exactly. I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought him up because, uh, you know, like you said, I, I don't think that in general he gets a ton of uh, DFS appeal because of that low strikeout upside. But I mean, like, as you mentioned, he's just been uh, remarkably consistent over the, over his last month or so. He's really kind of settled into a groove. Um, you know, he's just, he's able to get outs and, uh, you know, I think against a Philadelphia lineup where they're talking about two, two of, you know, on paper, one of their, their best players potentially sending them down. I don't think they, they are going to send down uh, either Franco or, or Odubel Herrera, but at the same time, I mean, they're struggling to the point where that like was discussed. Um, so Block definitely draws uh, one of the better matchups on the board here tonight. I, you know, the, that Giants offense is a little bit tough to trust, but I think that Block is able to at least get you that quality start, uh, maybe push into the seventh inning and, you know, get a few strikeouts along the way with, uh, you know, I would, I would imagine less than two runs, two runs or less. All right, so we've got Toronto in play tonight in Toronto. We've got Cincinnati and Cincinnati and Atlanta there too. So the Yankees, Toronto, Atlanta, Cincinnati in terms of favorable ballparks, also Baltimore and Boston to a certain extent. I'll tell you what, too. Uh, you know, I, I might be feeling your Orioles tonight a little bit when we talk about Porcello. The more we talk about, the more we discuss how hittable he's been. That just seems like a possible recipe for disaster. Let's talk about the catchers a little bit. Buster Posey, top of the board, 38. Gary Sanchez on a hot streak right now, 34. Let's talk on Sanchez real fast. A couple home runs uh, this week already. Still, you know, an expensive player at 34, second highest on there, but against the lefty-righty matchup with Liriano coming back. Probably limited Liriano, too. I mean, it's hard to imagine him getting past the fifth inning, even if he's right. pitching well maybe into the six, but you get into that bullpen a little bit. Is Sanchez worth a $3,400 invest, $3, investment? Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that he's, that he's priced this low, uh, you know, especially after last night. He cranked two pretty monstrous home runs, and uh, I think, you know, I saw a lot of uh, things from his teammates saying, like, you know, we've been watching his batting practice. Uh, he's been kind of ready to bust out for a little while now, so Gary Sanchez is kind of becoming that Gary Sanchez that everyone was, you know, at the time, maybe people were saying overdrafting in their season-long leagues because of that home run upside at the catcher position. I think uh, we're see we're seeing that resurgence of Gary Sanchez, you know, from like late last year. So thirty-four hundred seems like a steal. I know it's going to be tough to pair, uh, you know, him with with the Dallas Keuchel. Um, you know, you're really going to have to scrimp it at other positions. But I mean, man, Sanchez against Liriano at, at thirty-four hundred. That's that's one of the better deals on the board today. And now looking at the rest of the board in that Toronto game going back there, Russell Martin also been hitting very well. Now he's only 2,600. Now I know you like Pineda, but over his last 20 at bats, he's hitting 450. As cold as Russell Martin's been, and we've talked about this, as ice cold as guys get. Right mm -hmm. now I'm looking at Russell Martin hitting, you know, slugging 800 over the last week. And to me, that's a guy that I'll take my chances against Pineda. I know Pineda has a strikeout ability, but the way Martin's seeing the ball right now, I think that it may not matter. Uh, also, Evan Gaddis, if he's in the lineup tonight, another guy that's been hitting very well. Uh, I know it's Darvish, and that's the thing. Some of these guys have been hitting very well. You have to make the choice, okay? Are you going to go against some of these better pitchers on the slate like Pineda? Are you going to go against a better pitcher like you, Darvish, and trust your offense, or are you going to go the other route and fade those guys? For me, 
especially a catcher, I think I'm willing to take that risk with the hot bat. Do you agree or disagree with that? I mean, it, uh, you know, beyond, beyond Sanchez, it, it's just sort of like the wild, wild west as far as uh, the, your catchers are concerned, you know, because like you said, there, there are just so many tough matchups out there. Uh, I think the two guys that you mentioned are the two guys that, that really jumped out to me. I think on, on top of that, um, you know, either Kurt Suzuki or Tyler Flowers are, are two guys that, you know, quietly uh, have been do- producing extremely well from the catcher position. And they're, you know, they're out in Cincinnati. Um, obviously, the ball flies out of there. So I think that both of those guys at, at the 2700 mark, I think they make some sense. I think they have a little bit more upside than Martin. But like you said, Martin's been hitting really well lately. So, uh, you know, and we know how good he can be when he's on uh, his game there. So I think that, that yeah, the, the Braves catchers and Martin make a lot of sense uh, if you're going, uh, you know, under 3,000 a catcher. All right, let's go to first base, top of the board. You got the usual suspects, Rizzo, Goldschmidt, both 44. Uh, then you got Joey Votto against Mike Fultonevich, so lefty-righty matchup here. By the way, Joey Votto having a great season, 14 home runs, 42 RBIs. I feel like it's the best season no one's talking about. He's right. got two home runs in his last two games. I know Fultonevich is a pretty good pitcher, but Votto at home at 43, you know, with the way Rizzo's kind of been hit and miss this year, I mean, for me right now, if I'm going to go up and I'm going to pay for somebody, I love Miguel Cabrera. Zimmerman's had a good year. I get it. But for me, any of the 4K and over guys, Votto's my big-time first baseman tonight. How about you? Where's yours? Uh, I, th- I think that you make a good point. You know, like he, he's at home. I, I really like the Cincinnati game a lot tonight as far as my bats are concerned, you know, on, on pretty much on both sides. Um, and like you said, Votto just sort of isn't getting talked enough about for how, how good and how consistent he's been. And obviously, uh, he enjoyed going back. Uh, to Canada this week he you know kind of terrorized the Blue Jays a little bit um, so he's he's a solid bet there at 4300 I can never argue against Goldschmidt at any anything under like 5,000 you know I can I can totally get with, on board with anything Goldschmidt related um, probably off of uh, both Cabrera and Zimmerman I understand that that Cabrera does draw the, the lefty righty matchup there but uh, that just seems like a lot to pay up for for a guy in Miguel Cabrera that that hasn't been uh quite living up to the billing uh, thus far this season. Yeah, Zimmerman's kind of rebounded a little bit too. He had a little rough patch there for a week or two, mm-hmm. and now Zimmerman's right back uh, hitting well. Again, it's Oakland, so that's a little bit tougher of a sell. I'll tell you the guy I want to talk about, and I think it might be the sneaky little uh, grouping tonight. It's some of the left-handed bats against uh, Christian Bergman, and Logan Morrison's one of them, and I look at Morrison, what he's done this year. I mean, hey, I give all credit where credit is due. I never saw this one coming from Logan Morrison this year. But 3,700, that lefty-righty matchup I love. We'll get to Corey Dickerson later. That's another guy. Uh, Also, Justin Bohr, too, at 35. So there's a lot of value. Cash game, you want to go up. If you can afford Votto, great. Or if you can put Votto in there with one of the guys we mentioned, like Ty Block, and you want to build up offense, that's fine, too. But if you're looking for value in the cash game, if you want to go up to Kershaw, Strasburg, Bohr, you know – what was the other one I just mentioned there? Logan Morrison. I think those are the yes. guys that are more reasonable in terms of return. Let's go to the other side of the corner, third base. Chris Bryant, 4,100. You got Jake Lamb, Josh Donaldson, Miguel Sano, Nolan Arenado. Arenado at San Diego, falling all the way at 3,900. Let's talk about Arenado. He's got a lefty on the mound in Clayton Richard. Normally, you get a lefty on the mound against Nolan Arenado. I mean, it's money in the bank. I yep. mentioned it on yesterday's podcast. I want an Arenado. Aaron Arenado did go yard yesterday. It's only a matter of time before he heats up. I think the algorithm hasn't caught up to him. 39, I'm saying it right now, John, it's a value for Arenado. 
Oh yeah. I mean, like he's a guy that you're generally seeing, you know, in the, in the mid four. So geez, I think that maybe it's, it's one of those things where, where it's overcorrecting for the park factor. But um, when it comes to guys like Arenado, um, you, you don't really worry about that as much. You know, you worry about it, you know, if you're trying to get home run upside from like a slap hitting middle infielder, but I mean, Arenado can put it out uh, anywhere. And, you know, obviously this is a divisional opponent. It's not like he hasn't seen uh, Petco before. So 39 does strike me as, as pretty cheap for him, uh, especially when, you, when you know, you're kind of paying out the nose for, for guys with, you know, potentially tougher matchups. Although I do like Sano at the same price at, at 3,900. He had absolutely launched one uh, last night. It looked like he like got under it big time and then it still went out to like dead center out in Anaheim. So, I mean, he's back. He's, he's uh, not sick anymore, obviously. And he's, he's ready to roll. So either of those guys at 3,900, if you can, if you can fit it in, I think they both make a lot of sense. I think Manny Machado with 3,400 is a trap tonight. I would stay away from Machado. I just yes. don't think it's a good look. I do. And, you know, well, because there's a thir- certain thing where we start to see talented players fall down the salary rung. The problem I see here is that I'm not seeing enough of those positive signs of him. I'm always a big fan of, is a guy taking a walk? You know, I've, I've said that a lot on the pod this week, and I'm trying to drive that home to everybody. If, you know, I was talking about Domingo Santana yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, driving that home, hey, when guys are seeing the ball better, they're taking walks, they're doing that. Machado's not doing that. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if that, you know, that issue where he didn't go on the DL last week or whatever that small issue he was oh, doing. Yeah, a bit, but, a bit of like a hand thing. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's really bothering him. And right now, I know you see the price is low, but to me, I'm not going that route. No, uh, and his, last, his hits last night, like I, I think he got mm-hmm. two hits, but they yeah. were both relatively weak. I think one of them even was an infield hit. So it's just one of those things where it's like, he just looked relieved to even like be on base. Yeah. Just, and, you know, it's just not Machado right now. Now I know it's righty on righty too, but if you're looking to, you know, scrounge a little bit, go down to the bottom, uh, you know, Logan Forsyth against Jimmy Nelson, I think is a decent enough one too, as long as he's in the lineup, just double check. But uh, I like Forsyth. I like what he has to offer. I like the skill set. It's got a little pop, got a little speed. Uh, that's a guy for three K that could easily go four times value without even having himself a huge game. Uh, anybody else over at third base uh, pop out to you? Yes, uh, you know, kind of going back to that Reds game, Suarez, Eugenio Suarez, only 2,800. Yeah, and what's that, that just, about? That, that really jumped out to me. I, I think that, you know, as, as good as uh, Fultonevich is relative to the other Brave starters this season, uh, I still think that he has the potential to get lit up a little bit tonight. He got lit up last time out by, I believe, a Giants lineup that's not really all that scary. Uh, the Reds offense, on the other hand, is extremely scary. And you're getting exposure to that lineup uh, at just 2,800 at, at a pretty premium position um, where, you know, other people might be getting similar point outputs, uh, you know, and paying $1,000 more. So I think that Suarez is definitely uh, my favorite value among the third baseman. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too. I mean, Cozart over at Short, his, his battery mm-hmm. mate over there is, you know, 3,300. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, you know, when are we going to stop disrespecting Zach Kozar. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's just certain matchups, certain times, you know, uh, we nailed the Toronto game the other night when you get the two home runs. We nailed that mm-hmm. one here on the podcast there. That was a no brainer to me. Uh, and I'm looking at Kozart and I'm seeing a player again at Fulton I know it's righty on righty, but at 3,300 at shortstop, I think you could do a lot worse. Let's go over some yeah. of the other shortstops too. Who uh, is piquing your interest tonight? When you look at the matchups, ballpark factor and price. 
Um, let's see. I, I mean, I know I mentioned uh, Pineda earlier. I believe in him, but uh, Tulo at 3100 seems like that. that's like a decent price you could be getting him at. Uh, Chris Owings, you know, anytime that you can get uh, part of that Diamondbacks lineup uh, for, uh, you know, for under 3000 that usually makes some sense to me. You know, he's got double-digit point potential, you know, uh, six home runs, almost 30 RBIs already from, from the shortstop position. Uh, I think there's some upside uh, to that one as well. Um, moving down a little bit, Anderson, he's cooled off a little bit. Tim Anderson of uh, the White Sox, he's cooled down a little bit. He's got a bit of a tougher matchup than usual uh, at 2,700. So I'm probably off of him despite, uh, despite the fact that I like his price tag a little bit. I think J.J. Hardy at 2,500. I know he always hits uh, you know, close to the bottom third of the lineup. Sometimes he's hitting uh, ninth these days. But he's actually been you know, relatively consistent over the last week or so. Um, so I think that he makes a little bit of sense at 2,500 as well. I'm not like over the moon about it. Um, I, I think that, you know, like we said, Cozart is, is the best of the shortstop plays tonight. Um, I, I imagine that the only issue that we might run into is that a lot of other people, uh, might see that and he might be pretty high owned in both, uh, cash and GPPs. Well, and look, he's walking a ton too. And I talked about the walks before and I'll tell you who else is walking a lot more recently and starting, I think, to see the ball better as a good matchup in a good ballpark, lefty, righty tonight. And that's Corey Seager, uh, the left-handed bat there against Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson's been homer prone in the past. Uh, you know, he hasn't, look, I know he hasn't hit any home runs lately. I get it. I get it. it's not a sexy thing right now. But if you look mm-hmm. a little bit deeper into the work he's doing, the at-bats are better. That's a good sign. I think it's only a matter of time before Corey Seager starts to heat up. I think in tournaments tonight, I would roll that way with Corey Seager at 35. I like that value potential. Uh, a little bit more upside than Cozart, believe it or not. I'm, you know, as much as I love you, Zach Cozart now, I mean, you know, I'm in the fan club, but, you know, Kyle, Let's be real. Uh, Corey Seager is, you know, Corey Seager is still a better player. All right. Yeah. Second base, Brian Dozier, Daniel Murphy, Robinson Cano, Jose Altuve, all tops of the board here. Altuve is only 35, a discount for Altuve because he's going against Darvish. But I don't know about you. That doesn't really scare me off Altuve at all. No, not at all. I, I think any Houston bat uh, is in play. Uh, you know, if you can fit uh, Correa in somehow, then, then you know, go ahead and do that as well because he's probably going to be low-owned. But, but I think you and I are on the same page where, where uh, neither of us are scared off by you, Darvish. I think that uh, Cano, you know, moving up the board to 3,600, I think he's a, a pretty nice bargain. Uh, you know, going against Odorizzi at home. I think that, you know, the fact that he's a left-handed bat, I think that helps uh, the home run potential. Although uh, that lineup behind him might be a little bit beleaguered. I think Cruz and Segura uh, will will probably miss this game. So there's not as much punt, punch in that lineup. So even if he gets aboard, uh, not as much of a lock as usual for him to, to you know, to come across. And then same price, uh, Daniel Murphy, um, 3,600, huge ballpark, obviously, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't particularly scare me with Murphy because, you know, he's, he's a doubles machine as well as a, as a home run threat from the second base position. Um, so Murphy at 3,600, that's a pretty nice deal. But uh, I think going back to the start of this, I think uh, Altuve at 3,500 is, is the best of this top tier. Now, uh, as far you, as value. you mentioned some of those guys in Seattle potentially being out. If that is the case and you're checking those lineups and you're looking for another you know, lower price pitcher tonight or a, a two-pitcher site pitcher, Odorizzi becomes in play then to me significantly. Uh, Odorizzi is a good pitcher. If it was in Tampa, I'd like it even more. Right. Seattle is also pretty favorable there in terms of you know, pitchability factors and things like that. So that's another one to don't sleep on Odorizzi tonight in a night where secondary pitchers and tournament pitcher plays 
are not abundant. It's it's just not abundant there. Uh, how about DJ LeMayhew all the way down to 3K right now? I talked about him yesterday too. The price continues to fall for LeMayhew. I know he's not in Colorado, but there's a certain point where for 3K, kind of like where Devin Travis was about a month ago where we go, mm-hmm. all right, well, this is a much better contact hitter. He's got a good matchup against Clayton Richard, who stinks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at DJ and I'm saying to myself, all right, let me see where he's hitting in the batting order as long as he's in a good spot or, you know, I, I don't know. I just see a 3K DJ LeMayhew and I, I automatically just want to roster him. I can't help myself, Johnny. I think, you know, we, we've, we've done this dance several times this year. Like we both love DJ LeMayhew, but like, I just, I feel like I've never uh, had him in my lineup and, and where it, where it actually clicks. So like, yeah, that 3000 price tag against a lefty is like so tempting. Anytime you can get a, a like a piece of that uh, lineup, I really like it. But um, I think that if, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm not going after your dumpster top, dive top guys, and you're going to go down yeah, to the 2400, I mean, Jed Lowry's got a tough matchup tonight against Strasburg, but he's been very good this year. You got is Rutledge in the lineup tonight. If he is, I don't know what kind of ownership that brings at 24, but that's another one. If he's it's going to sound gross, it's going to sound gross, but maybe even chase Utley at, at Miller park. No, at it doesn't. Nope. It doesn't sound gross to me at all. I, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. And I don't disagree. In fact, of those guys, I think I might feel most comfortable with him there. You know, Jimmy Nelson is one of those dudes that just, you know, I feel like he's going to have that opportunity. I I know Rutledge is going to play. And so far in the time that he's been playing, he's given you three times value salary every night, Mm -hmm. which is not great by these terms nowadays. Exactly. considering the investment you're making, if that's a safe six to nine points, you can use that as a lineup builder. And that's something you want to keep in mind. All right, baseball is here. And you can't get stranded out on first base without a Rotowire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. And users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash Rotowire on to the outfield. All right, let's go at top of the board. You know who it is. You know the dudes. Unfortunately, Mike Trout, God bless him. Uh, is is not going to be available to us for quite some time. But we've got Harper also out with the suspension. you got Blackman, Betts, Dickerson, 4,300 for Dickerson. I know it's a lot, but, man, I I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm at peace of all these guys. You know, Aaron Judge at 43, Conforto at 42. I think of this top-tier group, as much as I love Batista, and I've been on the Batista bandwagon for weeks and weeks now and just keep plugging and plugging and plugging and plugging. I'll pay the extra hundred right now for Dickerson. I like this matchup a lot for him today. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to if I can uh, get get Dickerson and Mookie Betts into my lineup because you know uh, going against Asher, I, I don't think that really uh, you know when it comes to just straight up results, he's all that much better that, than Ubaldo is right now. I don't think he's that much better of a rotational option. And Mookie Betts, uh, you know, it, to you know, no one's surprised he absolutely crushes uh, Orioles pitching, especially at Camden Yards. Uh, last year, I think he had like eight home runs against the Orioles. Period. Um, so, uh, him, him, and Dickerson, uh, it's going to be hard to to at least not go for for one of them. I'm going to try to fit two of them in. Obviously, you're, I'm going to have to go cheaper at pitcher to do that, and it'll be a tournament type deal. But man, uh, Dickerson, like you said, I mean, I think he's like leading the American League in batting average too. In, in oh, addition, he's just been to a beast. The, he's just a beast yeah, right just, now. I mean, it's like everything that we wanted from from him uh, in Colorado in 2015 before he hurt his foot uh, and was kind of just messed up for the rest of the season. 
um, where where he's he's that he's got the combination of power and and on base and and average. Whereas like last year, I don't know what the heck he was doing, but it was either like uh, if he's facing a righty, maybe he'll hit a home run once every like a million times. He's at bat, but <laughs> other other otherwise, you're just you're you're just completely off of him. But he's he's back to like what we was we're hoping that he could have been right now, and it's it's pretty awesome. So I, I like him uh, that left-handed bat. Uh, at Safeco, uh, much more than a right-handed bat at Safeco. So, yeah. Now let's talk about Dickerson a right-handed bat. I like a 3,800. Matt Camp of the Braves against Bronson Arroyo. Uh, Camp, uh, two home runs his last two games. He's rolling right now. Two hits in each of those games as well. Seeing the ball real well at 3,800. I think that's another one. I was surprised he wasn't over 4K for this matchup tonight, the way that was. Who else on the outfield board is appealing to you as you scroll down here and continue to go down the pricing range? Uh, is it a Trumbo against a guy? Like Porcello, who's been very hittable. Uh, is it Springer, who seems to be, a, again, a tough matchup here against you, Darvish, on paper. But Springer, another one starting to heat up. And there's another guy I'll throw out here at 34 in the same $3,500 range as Hunter Renfro, who has been quietly very good lately, hitting for power, uh, you know, a lot less miss in his game right. recently. I know it's a righty-righty matchup. He's not a high batting average type of player, but the power's there. And as a tournament play, I think Renfro's another guy at 34 that you got to be aware of tonight. Yeah, I think that, that Renfro, especially when you look at the other names in this tier, he's a guy that's like kind of easy to gloss over. But, right. you know, as you mentioned, he's a guy that when you actually look at the numbers, uh, you know, he's got a ton of pop. Uh, to his bat and you know the key is that he's he's missing less like you said he's he's not just giving you the, the donut every time he goes up uh, to bat there so 3400 he makes a lot of sense I really like this tier of outfielders I mean moving moving on up even to like 3600 for Duvall uh, if you can oh, go yeah. get him in um, at, you know going back to your Trumbo comment he he's starting to kind of uh, heat heat up a little bit he absolutely crushed one uh, last night um, and then Adam Jones, you know, he needed a few days out of the lineup, um, but he's he seems to be back. I think he's homered in both of his games uh, since returning to the lineup uh, with, I think, an extra base hit or other extra base hits as well. So against Porcello at 3,400, I think that he uh, might be in play for me as well. Uh, I really like this tier overall. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you can probably grab three of those guys, get some really good or strong investments if you didn't want to go all the way to the top. I also would throw Puig at 3,100 too as a guy to keep in mind. Uh, I like the Dodgers down against Jimmy Nelson. I really do. I just think that's a good situation for them in Milwaukee with Kershaw on the mound, lots of confidence there. So uh, some of those Dodgers who are a little underpriced like Puig, I would consider them as well. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great night of Daily Fantasy.